What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well. And they're always rotating in new seasonal cocktails. So come through and check out what they've got on deck for fall and winter down there. The patio is now nice, covered, and heated and will be throughout the fall and winter. So come through and big thanks to Produce Row for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, and I know you do, just hit like, follow, subscribe on iTunes. Click, write a review, give the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national great way great way to help strangers find the podcast and just contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so if you're not listening on apple just hit like follow subscribe wherever you are listening from or 
leave a comment on the Instagram, anything to break down that algorithm, share it with a friend. I've also been releasing some monthly playlists on Spotify, so I'll put the Spotify profile link in the episode notes so you can keep up with those. They're coming out every first of the month, pretty spread out genre-wise, just a glimpse into uh, what I am listening to throughout the month. I also just released a Portland-specific playlist featuring a bunch of Portland artists that I really dig, as well as a bunch of people that have been on the podcast over these last six years. So that's the newest playlist that is up in addition to that March 2022 one. And you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents Patreon, which features some uh, conversations with my mom and more of those will be up there trying to do that monthly mom chat. She's been on the podcast a couple times before in the past and uh, she's not a musician, but we always have some really great chats on the mic and she's always willing to be pretty vulnerable and open up on there and we also just have some goofy times as well so if you want to tap into the patreon it's just five dollars a month for those mom chats and a new one should be up there soon for march and that link will be in the episode notes as well the venmo link is there too if you just want to shoot the show some money you're like hey this thing's almost 300 episodes deep maybe uh I send this guy some some shekels of mine for the uh, the work he's been doing. I'd appreciate that too. I'll take it. But uh, honestly, just sharing with a friend is also super great. Just appreciative of anybody that is taking the time to uh, to check this thing out. I am super pumped to get into this one. Girl House is on the show. Really great to talk to Lauren from Girl House. Her tunes are so good. And I was hooked in right away when I heard her cover of Long December from the Counting Crows. And we talk about that in this conversation. But her tunes are just so good. And she writes some killer hooks. And for as much as I appreciate things that fall pretty outside the lanes of pop music and things that go really out like jazz and psych rock, there's still always something that's going to connect with me when it comes to an undeniable hook that makes you want to sing along and scream the words so i'm stoked to share this episode and uh my conversation with lauren we dive into uh songwriting and and much more in this conversation and you can find all the links to girl house in the episode notes she was so great and i really enjoyed getting to chat with her and getting to know her a bit very stoked for her third ep which sounds like it's on the way and will be coming out in may and she's also got a vinyl edition of the first and second ep that is coming out on record store day i believe it's one vinyl with one ep on each side so look forward to that try to go snag one of those on record store day from your local record store and if you're local to the portland oregon area and you want to see some free music, you can check out Produce Row Cafe in Southeast Portland every Sunday. They've got DJs over there. Most of them are spinning vinyl. And on Thursday nights, there is free live music over there as well. On March 31st, singer-songwriter James Coates from Washington will be playing over there. Follow the Produce Row Instagram if you want to keep up with who's playing down there on a weekly basis. That will be in the episode notes as well as their website and all the links for the other sponsors that continue to support this show as well. Appreciate them. 
Also, if you're heading out to Tree Fort Music Festival, come find me or hit me with a DM. I'd love to link up. I'll be out there recording a bunch of interviews and pumped to get back out to Boise, Idaho for Tree Fort 10. The lineup is so good this year. I'm so excited. Uh, very bummed that Goth Babe had to uh, pull out. Goth Babe was maybe the thing that I was looking most forward to seeing. I've been wanting to see that dude play music for a while, but he has just had the worst string of luck as far as things that he has gone through in the past year or so, whether it's getting robbed or uh, he's been dealing with a lot of concussion issues. And then last week, his house burned down. So this dude is just really going through it. Luckily, he is safe, but uh, I know he has decided to take some time away to kind of regroup and uh, give himself some space to figure some things out. So best wishes out there to Goth Babe if you want to hit him with uh, some cash in his Venmo. I know he's trying to recover a bunch of things right now, and that dude is just making some really great music. So tap into that if you have not but tree fort music festival it's coming up there's a bunch of artists that are playing this year that have been on the cast in the last year geographer joe van of the band from indian lakes brother from salt lake city husbands from oklahoma city bunch of different artists and i also just had eric gilbert who is one of the founders of the festival on just a few weeks back so if you're interested in learning more about the tree fort music festival which I would encourage you to do so, um, go back and listen to that one. All right, we are going to get into episode 299 of this thing. Pretty wild. This will be the last episode that starts with a two for a very long while, and I couldn't be more stoked to be doing what I'm doing. This has been such a rad year since leaving the day job last May to try to put all of my energy into uh, creative endeavors and and mostly this podcast and I'm very excited about the results of uh, of taking that chance on myself and I really appreciate all of you longtime listeners and if you're new to the show I'd encourage you to go back and check out previous episodes conversations with artists of all genres every Friday and if you tuned in because you are a fan of Girl House, I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Lauren is currently based out of Nashville, Tennessee. And I've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of Nashville folks as of late. So if you dig this one, check out the Will Be episode, Brandy Zidane, Hank Compton, the Lonest One, Future Crib, who's another band that will be out at Tree Fort and who I met at last year's Tree Fort. There might be a couple others that I'm forgetting, but uh, yeah, here we go. Episode 299 with Girl House. We're going to kick off the episode with Girl House's brand new single, which dropped today. It's called Paul Blart Mall Cop. It's so good, and it's on all the streaming services. Let's do the damn thing. Things started to get so bad, I started praying. I don't believe in God or anything like I needed something to get out of my head again. Get me out of my head. 
whatever you want to do. <laughs> we can express just, uh, yourself. We can just, uh, yeah, kind of jump into it and, uh, yeah. I will follow your lead. Sounds good. Well, cool. I am very excited to talk to you. I, my entry point into your music is your cover of Long December. Really? I was just, you know, cruising cruising the internet one night, listening to some Spotify playlist, shooting some emails off, and I didn't have the music up super loud in my headphones, and I heard this song playing, and I was like, oh, this is really cool, and I, I made no recognition at the beginning that it was Long December until that first big chorus came rushing in, and I was just... I was pumped about it. I was I was cool. super stoked. I Counting Crows were one of my favorite bands for a while. So um yeah, I just really appreciated your uh your take on that tune and that led me down the uh the girl house rabbit hole and diving into your other tunes, which I was oh not Oh my god, what was that like? That uh, rabbit hole sounds scary. I was excited. I <laughs> I was not disappointed at all when I found those two EPs and uh yeah, I just love your your songwriting quite a bit, so I'm excited Thanks. to uh, have the opportunity to chat with you and find out more about you, where all these tunes derive from and whatnot. But uh, Hold on, let's find out. Yeah, um, were you a big Counting Crows fan before doing Absolutely. that that cover? How did that come about? You doing that tune? Um. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I was always a huge fan. Uh, Every once in a while on the Girl House Instagram, like somebody really cool will like reach out or whatever, and I'll be like a celeb or something. So Adam Duritz of Counting Crows reached out. Amazing. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like <laughs> cool. Um, and he was like, yeah, I think I can't remember which song he found. I think he found The Fatalist, which is one of my songs. And yeah, he just said that he liked it. I can't remember exactly how it went down, but I was like, oh my God, yeah, me too. Like, like your stuff. <laughs> um, trying just to not be like super, super lame and fangirly. But he was just so nice. And he does this thing called garden sessions at his house that's in, um, like, I think it's the Lower East Side. I don't know. It's right next to, I don't, I'm not going to disclose his neighborhood. Um, <laughs> near that area of New York. <laughs> um, he lives there and he does these like kind of live sessions and he invited me to come and play. And yeah, he just has this thing where he just is the sweetest person ever. And he's really supports new artists and just like artists from that, especially male artists from that era can kind of be really creepy and sketchy and I really look out for that like I'm very very cautious with that and like he I was ready to have my guard up completely and he, I think he knows that you know yeah about people and about especially about women coming into you know like like the music scene or whatever but he just just has just the most authentic energy that like you've ever met and he um was just really lovely and really supportive i was really nervous to like play my music in front of him and like he was just kind of like hold like metaphorically holding my hand and just like you can start over like it's fine you know and i was just like okay adam duritz <laughs> yeah, that's very cool that that yeah. he was so like supportive and just like welcoming and just warm that it's uh adam is definitely uh a bucket list guest for me like he's he's definitely on that on that list for me and one of my, oh my favorite gosh. lyricists of 
all time. So it's really nice when you get to hear about someone's interaction with someone that you appreciate quite a bit and that it's this positive thing and not a nightmare. Usually it's the latter, you know, yeah. like it's like, um, oh, okay, I really wish I didn't meet that person. <laughs> but not with Adam. Adam was awesome. And I we did the cover and I sent it to him and he was just like, oh my God, this is great. You know, like, and so I was like, like, I don't know. He was just is amazing. And I already was a huge fan of him. And then I met him and I was like an even bigger fan. So his lyrics are really, really awesome. And I say this all the time. Like I told him this, I was like, I really wish that I wrote this song. Like, it's just beautiful. And just the way, I don't know, I just didn't really pay attention to the lyrics, I guess, when I was a kid, you know, but like, not like I was a kid, I was probably a teenager. I don't want to make him feel like like old or anything he's not um but like you know time passed and I just didn't think about the lyrics or I didn't maybe connect with the lyrics as much before and then just going through it and coming out of these last two years like with things just being so hard and so complicated and really our whole lives just completely changing I can't speak for you or anybody else but I just feel like my life is completely different and the way I view the world is completely different and that song to me was just the perfect song for that like just how long this has felt and how never ending this has felt and how introspective I've gotten and just about life and death and people that we've lost and regrets and things that you know we can't change I just think it's a perfect song it's awesome so I had to cover it yeah you brought some very cool energy to it and thank you it was yeah I just think it's such a cool take on that tune especially like the high energy and the, the big guitars and you know just had to do just, big yeah. guitars had Take me back to uh, the beginnings, Lauren. Like, when did you start playing music? Were you always a, a pretty creative kid growing up? Because I know that you've dabbled in a few different, you know, mediums of art over the years. She's been on a journey, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find where she fits. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I always wanted to write music I just didn't really know how like I just didn't really see it as like a realistic thing like I thought it was kind of like the tooth fairy like people just kind of appear out of nowhere and they bring us these favorite songs you know or whatever um and so yeah I was acting for a while I did a lot of theater I did a show on Broadway that really like opened up my mind to different directions that I could go in just because I had this like confidence that I didn't really have before. I'd never really accomplished anything before. And that was a goal that I'd had for a really long time was to get on Broadway to perform uh, on late night to, you know, be nominated for a Tony, like all of those things like were my dreams and accomplishing those made me just feel like, okay, this has been something that's been on hold for a really long time. I feel like I'm just going to, try it and so I just came back to LA after that show in New York I went back to LA and that was all I wanted to do that was my main goal is just finding people to write with and 
learning how to do sessions and like finding the confidence, you know, to like just play the songs that have been in my journal for or my voice memos for like so long. And um, yeah, I did like a few different bands and uh, eventually during pandemic just started writing about how I was feeling about everything and like everything <laughs> and eventually just the sound came together which was girl house and it's been really fun yeah when you started writing the girl house tunes did they feel different than any music that you had tried to put together before definitely i think like especially coming from the acting world my uh kind of like it's like always like be marketable you know be disney channel don't swear don't talk about sad things ever like just keep it positive keep it clean um and so having the distance because i i did a lot of stuff that was like you know very commercial you know which i loved and it's very upbeat and positive and i love performing that music i love touring with that band i loved writing that stuff like it's just like it's all a good vibe um but there was like a part that i just really wanted to dive into which was kind of like the depression, the ADHD, the anxiety, the isolation, like all of those things are really real things for me that have always existed. But the like the not shitting on any of the wonder other wonderful music that like and people that I've worked with, like on those other bands at all, because like there's just I feel like with Girl House, I can find kind of a healthy balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the real shit is uh is kind of undeniable it feels like when you yeah, start you, diving you into it. that stuff and i think that you also like provide this really cool balance between like those poppy elements are still exist in the tunes oh, you know there's all these beautiful catchy melodies and uh yeah i just dig the aesthetic of like the music and the the sounds that are kind of explored through the production of these bedroom pop songs that kind of get Thank big you. at times and yeah we love i mean i love pop music like everyone i work with i feel like also really loves pop and hooks and like pe something people can like sing along to really easily i think it's important yeah so did you always have a guitar or something that you were messing with as a as a kid i think guitar was yeah my first oh well, i mean i learned how to play piano when i was like really really young and then got a guitar when I was a teenager and just started writing there. But I was like a really intense choir nerd and musical theater nerd, like scary, intense. <laughs> and so I don't know, I just really, yeah, I feel like I kind of let the creative aspect of writing fall to the wayside when I was like really focusing on like the classical, you yeah. know? But it wasn't until I really let go of that where I was that I was like actually having fun with music. Um, but I was always like writing, like I was always trying to just like write. But yeah, the teenage stuff was a little dark and maybe a little trying to be too complicated yeah. than it was. <laughs> the doing all the Broadway stuff, just uh, I don't know that type of performance kind of like always blows me away because it's like you know very in the moment and there's no there's no redos when you're <laughs> performing in front of a live audience like that and obviously uh -huh. there's not that when you're 
playing music in front of people as a band either but i feel like there's a little more leeway for mistakes and everything doesn't have to be so technically sound right i feel like people actually appreciate like the mistakes a lot of the time when it comes to like live music like concerts when it comes to broadway people travel from all over the world to see those shows and they pay hundreds of dollars for that seat so the pressure is on but the good thing is that you do exactly the same show over and over and over again and sometimes you're going to have a show that feels very present and very raw and you're finding new things about what you're saying and then sometimes it's just going to be and i'm sure Bernadette Peters would not do this, but me, I was just like, kind of, you know, you kind of fall into autopilot like every once in a while, like where you're just like, all right, I'm really tired. I just don't know if I can give a hundred percent of myself to this moment. I don't know if I can give the energy to find something new. I don't know if I can, you know, make anyone cry tonight, but I don't know. You never, it never works out how you plan it. Cause sometimes when you just go into autopilot, that's when people it, are affected the most because you don't have to do much, you know, but yeah. yeah, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. Yeah. And I don't know, even if it's, uh, feels maybe like you're on autopilot, I think there's something to be appreciative of like as an audience member, when you see people doing the thing and oh it God, feels yes. effortless, there's yeah. something to that because it feels like the people on stage, whether it's, broadway or again like a band and you know that they're kind of like in control and like you can just let them do their thing yeah for like 90 percent of the people in the audience it's their first time seeing the show even if you've done it a hundred times even if you're on autopilot they're just like this is all new <laughs> like and so it's just like i don't know it's really rewarding and really special and exciting i loved it i really really did were you always really comfortable being on stage in in front of people or did it take a while for you to find some uh way to ease the nerves in that i think it depends i feel a lot more vulnerable when i'm on stage with like girl house when i'm part of an ensemble like it's a, almost like a team thing and i don't expect anyone to even really be looking at me you know but sometimes they are you know but it's just like i don't know it depends it really does and did you feel like doing when you were doing more acting stuff did did that kind of tap into uh a similar i don't know realm of creativity that you kind of get out of playing music or do you feel like those are two completely different spaces i feel like in writing like i can compare like when i'm doing like a scene or something on stage or in a class or in a movie or a show or something and like i get locked in and like i really feel like it's real and like present. It's the same feeling when like I have like, like have a moment of bravery where I feel like I can say or write down like exactly what I'm thinking and exactly what I'm feeling and it works in a song. Like it's just that kind of like jittery excitement and just like out of control, like, like satisfaction that like you just, I don't know. Like, I think performing and and writing to me are are like they're swapped when it comes to the two. Like, I get more, I get a lot more excitement writing than I do. Not saying that I don't get excitement like performing, but I don't know. I just feel like a little safer. I think in a writing space. 
Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's just a different magic that happens when that creative idea clicks in for you, you know, and yeah. you're not always experiencing that on stage when you're performing the songs that you've already written. I mean, I think that there's those moments too with the, that like anything can happen during a live show and those are special yeah. moments, but yeah, when something hits heavy for you when you're writing. And it's that stillness and the silence. And so maybe what I'm learning from this conversation is that, cause I always am just like, let's fill the sound. Let's make it as wide and as big as we can like on stage. But like, you know, maybe there's a moment of stillness and silence that I'm just missing from like the live show or something. Well, I was curious if you if you even had much time to even play this music live because you formed this project during the pandemic, really. I know. So are Big you. Big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are, so is it kind of one of those things where you've written all the written and recorded all this music and now you have to kind of learn to play it as a band or even solo yes it's like a whole different animal and not and it uh, performing is like such a muscle and so like i mean with my other bands like we were like touring as much as we could and then everything stopped and then you get back into it and it's a totally different band totally different brand totally different sound different you know setup everything um and so, yeah, it's we've probably had three shows that are full band um, and then maybe a handful others that were just like me and Tyler, my producer. And um, we have it's not announced, but we have like a lot of shows coming up this summer. Um, and so that will be really good because I just don't even know what the show is yet. I really don't. Yeah. It's still being formed. But I think that's fun for people to see. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. Um, and because you were diving into all this vulnerable material with the girl house music, was there any hesitation on your part or uh, just any nervousness about putting your thoughts out into the world like this? I think the first time that I really experienced that was we have a song coming out on Friday um, called Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, and the one in the first verse, I say that I don't believe in God. Um, and we were playing this festival in Arizona, like if last weekend, maybe two weekends ago. And uh, it was a baseball, like beginning of like the season. And I'm like singing to these people that are like, just are there to have a good time and probably believe in God because they believe in baseball. <laughs> and like, I think those two things go hand in hand. <laughs> And I'm like, in the song before, I'm like thinking, I was like, okay, Paul Blart is coming up. Is there anything that I can do to change this or like make it so I'm not telling these people that God probably maybe doesn't exist? I don't know. Um, and ruined their entire day. Um, but uh, I did it, but I was really nervous about that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think you got to maybe, maybe hope that even those people that believe in God have their doubts or something Ooh, right i don't think so though <laughs> i don't like know. i don't know i don't want to go to some <laughs> show where you're where you're holding back uh you know tunes or like trying to skip over stuff because like or anything like that you know just like oh what did she say i don't know <laughs> but other than that pretty comfortable in uh just oh putting things out and yeah letting people know how you feel Everyone has been so supportive and so nice and 
it just feels like every time I get on stage and there's like people I don't know, I just feel like so much closer to these people that I don't know. And they're just like so sweet and supportive and they laugh at my stupid jokes, which is great because the bits don't always land. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. It's just it's been a really positive experience. And I was so debilitatingly nervous the first for the first show and i just love being wrong so that was great yeah what about just as far as putting the music out into the world like outside of the live show like is there ever any hesitation about what you're presenting to the world whether it be like friends or family keying into what you're talking about every single time i feel like oh my god like Nobody wants to listen to some sad redheaded curly hair bitch like talk about like sad stuff or whatever. <laughs> and then I just like I feel so seen like when people react to it or they respond to it positively because this is like who I am. Like this is my real self. Like this is these are things that I like sometimes like just live in my journal and I don't really tell people about. But even my closest friends, they say, like, I feel like I'm getting to know you more through, like, you releasing the music. And I just feel like that's, like, so rewarding because I just feel, like, closer to everybody, my friends, my family, people that I don't know, people that live in other countries. Like, it's just, like, super – it's been great. It's been really, really good. And I did not expect it at all. Yeah, like, at I'm – I'm fucking here for it. I'll tell you what. Like, I it's, yeah, I'm I'm about it. And I feel like that is very true of like listening to your tunes. It does feel like you're able to get to know you in some way, even though I've never met you before. And I think like cool. maybe like why I gravitate towards singer songwriter stuff in general or, uh, you know, music of this style, whether like people want to call it emo or whatever, whatever they want to oh call God, it. I'm so about emo. it. And so seen. Yeah. <laughs> so do kids even know what that word means? Like, do they? Use do they them? know what the scene is? I don't know. I, I've, all the scene kids became hipsters, so I don't know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think they're using that that scene term anymore. But I don't know. When we were a young fest is coming back, so the the emo rises back in action. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's going to be a term used for the kids again. I got I got the sense from checking out your videos even I I did a deep dive on all the videos that are out for oh, Girl yeah? House <laughs> and even though there's you know some heavy weight behind the tunes with the lyrical content and whatnot it just seems like you are having a blast making those videos and I am having a really good time with my phone <laughs> and goodwill and mostly goodwill like I was I was watching that uh that variety show that you put out at the beginning of oh the year oh my god yeah did you watch the whole thing I did oh my gosh what did you think I thought it was very cool um and again like I think that like one of the things I appreciated about it was that you showcased some other artists in it which I thought. Oh yeah, Nashville artist for sure. I thought that was very cool. Um, but also, I just think that because there is, you know, some heaviness and uh, a lot of vulnerability to the music, those things uh, can offer maybe some lightheartedness 
to what's happening. And I think that's kind of nice too. And it like, even though you're feeling all those things, I think it lets people know that you don't always take everything so seriously or you're, you know, and that you're able to lean into these like really goofy moments as well. Well, thanks. You know, I feel like that's what I was trying to accomplish. Like, I don't know, but also just like having fun. And like, I love film too. Not that these, I would call films or any, they're not going to get nominated for like criterion collection or anything, but like, I just like storytelling and I'm just lucky to the variety show was a lot harder than I originally planned to do, but I had a friend that was awesome and does really fun video stuff. And we just like kept on getting together for like beers and just like, I like brought him in this manic, like what if there's like cutouts and scenes and puppets and things and all these things. And he was just like, okay. Um, yeah well yeah what if the puppets tell a story and we were just like kind of building off of each other and it became something different than what we planned but it came became something really like sweet i think too yeah and so i don't know i i'm really proud of it so i'm glad you watched it yeah i thought there was like something pretty wholesome about it you know again i just thought it was cool that you showcased some other artists as well um his collaboration always been uh, an important thing to you or just a, oh a big part of what you do big time I wouldn't be anywhere without collaborating with my pals you know like just like having their support and just like being inspired by them like I was co-writing for other people for so long before like I started putting out my own stuff and um, I they taught me how to like write and be a musician and like I'm just super, like Johnny Gates like um who's in there he's just like had such a journey too like he's just like he's done film he's done modeling he was on the voice like all of these things and just like just like seeing him flow with his career has just been like really really inspiring and just the way he thinks about music and everything so i had to have him on the variety show he's like one of my best friends and i wouldn't be here without him so yeah uh collaboration is huge yeah you just kind of gravitate towards being around those people too just to to feed your own creative energy Oh, yeah. I mean, you love like people that that aren't artists as well. You know, like you love that balance. But yeah, I like having creatives around all the time. They inspire me. For sure. Yeah, I I love your vocal melodies and the delivery. And uh, it just seems like you you lean into the rhythms pretty heavy and uh i just really dig the turns of phrases at times and thinking about concussion specifically which is one of my my favorite songs of yours and uh i really like how you just kind of piece the lyrics together because not all of those you know sections necessarily relate to one another it doesn't always feel like you know they're kind of like these fragmented things it feels like at times they're fragmented they're also like they are related to the same person, but just like in that, like in that toxic obsessive, like way of like feeling like you have to devote a hundred percent of your time to somebody in all these different situations, no matter if they fit or not, because if you don't, then you lose them. Mm. And like that was 
I think the car accident that I got into was like the most dramatic example of that story because like, you know, you're driving, you're on tour, you're thinking about this person, you're like listening to a scary story and you're thinking about this person. Like, but then like, I was literally like on the ground, like I blacked out and then the next thing I was awake and I was like, okay, I was in a car accident. And I was, that was the first person that I thought of. And I was like, oh, Maybe this isn't servicing me. Maybe I should move on from this person because they're not here and they haven't been here for a while. So, life change. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's about. It just seems like you're able to, uh, you know, reveal some things about yourself through the lyrics, but also create some mystery around them. So it's cool. not so we like on the head or on the nose all the time, you know? Oh my gosh, great. Love, love, like one of my favorite lines from that song is uh, I talk about you now to everyone in case you haven't moved on. I was just like, oh, you're killing me, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, this person sucks. (laughs) It's not that cute. (laughs) It's really sad. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles. Mussels and Fritz are on the menu. Their cheeseburger is lights out, and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well. Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So come through North 45 Pub for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode. Is there someone or something that you feel like is informed your your vocal style or your lyric approach over the years i always loved oldies and i love old country and like how they tell stories in such a picture book kind of way and i think that i love i love writing songs like that and so i'm trying to write more songs like that um and just like the style of like singing but also like on the other hand of like vocal style, I don't know. I love like cranberries. I love um, Alanis. Uh, just like that. I was, I'm a nineties girl. So, you know, like I grew up listening to that Dido. I pretended that I wrote a Dido song when I was younger. Um, so I'm very inspired by her lyrics. I think I said that I wrote white flag um, and uh I told that to one of my friends in like grade school and she was like, wow, like that's a really good song. I can't believe you wrote that song. And I was like, yeah, I wrote that song. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, 
but her mom called me and she was like so you wrote white flag and i was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was me she was like oh this is about really grown-up stuff and i was like yeah (laughs) i'm really mature (laughs) i'm really mature um but uh yeah obviously really inspired by them are you someone that'll uh pick up your guitar every day just to like as writing exercise even if you're not really feeling it or do you kind of only like to pick it up if you're feeling inspired i can't remember who was talking about this i feel like it was like a female poet but she was like talking about muse and how it kind of just like hits you sometimes like wind like a really really heavy wind and i feel like i sometimes we'll just like be sitting there and like tinkering. I don't do it every single day, but I'm really, really inspired by whatever that is, like the existential like muse kind of thing. And so like, if I'm thinking about something, which like, you know, I'm over processing something like most of the time, like, and something comes into my head, I'm like, oh, that could be a good lyric. Then I run in my guitar and I get it. And then I try to like, I don't know, figure something out while I'm there. What about the, uh, the journaling? Is that something that happens pretty frequently i mean i write down lyrics like all the time like i'm so like i don't know i saw a show like a tv show and there was like this douchey boyfriend that was a songwriter and like they were having an argument and like and the girl was like are you writing down a lyric right now like (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of me though like i'll be like not that i'm doing that in an argument but i'll like be processing an argument or like a hard thing and then i'll be like okay lyric and but I don't know. I'm trying to get more into journaling. My therapist says that I should be doing it every day. Mm. And so I'm trying to do that. I have like a whole assignment. I mean, it feels like you're, you're exercising that in some way if you're writing the tunes, right? Yeah. But, (laughs) and I, I also hold a pen like a weirdo. So journaling is like really, really hard for me. I know like in a podcast setting, like this is a nightmare, but I hold it like with a death grip. Like, and so it's really hard for me to write physically yeah um so yeah i just journal in a different way (laughs) i was uh i was reading i read a comment on your youtube page last night it was uh for loaded gun okay and it said this song makes me want to drive around in the middle of the night and just open up the sunroof and scream the lyrics which i thought was such a cool compliment um and like something that i definitely agreed with but yeah, I guess my compliment to the music is just that they're just like these really fucking cool pop songs that have all these cool production elements. But by the end of it, I feel like I can sing along to that last chorus every time, cool. even if it's like my Amazing. first time hearing it or. Yeah, there's just like these very singable moments that uh, happen. That is my dream is to be playing a show and having people like scream the lyrics back to me. I was at Girl in Red last night. She played Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville. And oh my God, Um, that's what, like it was just like, I mean, also I can't remember. I was just gonna say they, cause I don't don't know their pronouns, but um, like their energy is just like so good and just like so like honest. And like, they're talking about like 
like their mental health issues like on stage but that just like makes people so comfortable and like everyone was like screaming and jumping and like like screaming the lyrics back to them and i was just like that's what i that's like what i'm building towards like i really really want that but that's going to take me doing a lot of work to like get to that point and i'm willing but it's just patience it takes like i think a little bit of patience yeah i think it also just like feels like it brings a different power to those those things like those tough mental health things that someone's battling through when there's an yeah. entire crowd singing along with it it just brings yeah. this different energy to it that's i think what releasing this music has felt like it's just like it feels like that like just validation like you're so down like i don't know if anyone else can relate to this but it's like i get so down on myself for my mental health issues and i feel so much guilt and shame about not being right uh, not right but just i feel broken yeah. and so when you when i sing and i release these songs about my mental health and i get people that just like are commenting stuff like that you know, like saying like, I want to scream this or like, I really relate to this or like, you know, I feel the same way. It just like, it's empowering. Like, it's like the most empowering. It's like, okay, you see me and you accept me. And like, that is beautiful. Like, it just makes me feel so good. Like in lameness terms, it makes me feel so good. <laughs> I so. think, I mean, yeah, I think i get that out of listening to the music you know like i get some relief out of listening to your tunes or you know something that seems to resonate heavy um so are you like thinking about that when you're writing tunes now like oh where can these moments be where people where we can have these big sing-along moments or are you just kind of hoping that they'll happen more organically i mean sometimes i think i feel like like definitely the more I release music and like the more positive response I get, like the more confident I feel to sing about harder things, you know, like more complicated things or like things I don't really understand, you know? And yeah. so I don't know. I definitely like this next batch of music. I'm really focusing on, uh, those. Yeah. Like I want moments where people can dance. Like I, not like, I'm not going to be Dua Lipa, but like, I just like, I want to like create a little bit more movement and like a little bit more interaction. So yeah, I think I am really focusing on that. Just the more I do live stuff, I'm thinking w w this, w is this song going to work live? Like, is this going to be fun to do live? Are people going to have a good time? Like, for I sure. Uh, I was curious on loaded gun. You have that line of I've become what I've been running from. Mm -hmm. I was wondering where that one came from and you can choose to share or not to share. I don't want to like demystify anything or, uh, no, I think that was a, a lot of things I think like had to do with familial issues. It had to do with like the mental health things that I had been masking and hiding for so long. Like just some, you just can't, you can only hide who you are for like so long like people are gonna find out or it's just gonna come out like you're gonna explode and so i think at that time when i was writing loaded gun um i was dealing with a situation and i saw myself respond in a way that was familiar to me but it wasn't me if that makes sense and i didn't like it and so it, that's what the like 
I guess I took a page out of a loaded gun. Looks like I would become what I'd been running from. This is like the loaded guns are scary and intimidating, and I didn't want to be that. Why is it important for you to have uh, visuals for most of the tunes? Is that kind of just going back to fulfilling some of your other creative itches as far as the acting or the Broadway stuff and, you know, just diving into some of that creative nature? Sometimes I'll finish a song and I can like really see like some kind of like demented weird like thing, you know, and I'll like, I'll like just like know, you know, like, but sometimes you just like YouTube is such a huge market, you know, and like I don't want to like not make stuff like cool stuff for people that like spend and find their music on YouTube, you know, like I listen to a lot of music on YouTube now. Um, And so I don't know. It's like I feel like it's kind of half and half. It's like I really see a visual with this song and I also like just want to do something visual. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to Goodwill and like, let it speak to me. Like, what can I do for people? <laughs> what can I, what kind of weird shit can I make for the people on YouTube and see what happens? Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's cool. And I, I, uh, appreciate even something as goofy as like pretty girl in LA where you're just fucking around with like a bunch of different face filters or whatever, you know? Right. Just like in my apartment, just like kind of just like, quarantined and what can i do here that's really what it was it was just like this could use a visual let's do it you know and that i don't know the that that was like very much a thing that i was like i can see filters i think originally i wanted to do a slow motion or sped up makeup tutorial video of me putting on clown makeup um but I'm not good at clown makeup. <laughs> and so when I put it on, I was like, this isn't really reading clown. And so I don't know if this is going to work. And so that's when like the face filters idea popped yeah. up. And the fatalist, which is another one of my favorites of yours. I thought that song, like speaking to what I was talking about earlier, as far as offering some, some lightheartedness or goofiness to a song that's really heavy of you in this this whale costume oh yeah just cruising around <laughs> oh like yeah really amazing and again like this is the music that i love and it can be dark and it can be vulnerable so i think it's nice to have something else to attach to it at times
That's my favorite video. So good. It, because my whale costume is not, that's not the first time I've worn that. Like I wear that all the time. Like the first time I wore it, I wore it to, do you, did you watch Glee? I, I did not. Okay, well, in Glee, there's a character called Mr. Schuster, um, and he's an amazing like dancer, singer, whatever. Um, and he has a Halloween party every year because his birthday's on Halloween. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so funny. I'm going to get a whale costume and it's going to go. But I didn't realize that it was a sexy Halloween party until I got there. And people were so mad. The guy that plays Mr. Schuster was so nice and he wasn't mad. But the guests who were all wearing sparkle bodysuits, I had a drink thrown at me. Like they were so mad that I was wearing. And I had like, it. you can fill it up and it can be like really, really tall, the head and the tail and the fin. And um, it was massive. I actually had to go into the bathroom and take a little bit of the stuffing out because I was like whacking people because I was just in a massive whale costume. But um, I don't know. And then I've worn it like almost every Halloween after that. Um, it's That's just so comfortable. Good. So good. It just seems like there's a, a lot of thought um, in how things are presented, even if they're simple or, you know, more intricate, like that variety show. But well, it, that's good. Yeah. And I feel like that all bleeds into the music also, like the intentionality Perfect. of it. Um, and there's all these great character moments, I feel like, throughout the the production on the tunes, which I think provides like these standout moments to me. Wonderful. That is a, that means I did my job and I'm happy about it. (laughs) Thank you. Are you pretty heavily involved when it comes to the recording and the production of the tunes? I think we figured out how I like to do it. Um, this next EP that I have coming out is called the third EP and it will be out in May. Um, I worked with different writers and so it, but it it was a lot of me bringing in like ideas, but getting very heavily influenced by these amazing producers and writers. Um, And it was just very, very fun. And so we realized it's like me working with maybe like another writer and then bringing our demo into Tyler and then Tyler makes it massive and sound like really really good um and so yeah i think we nailed down a good rhythm yeah i'm happy with it and is there was there a different approach in making that second ep than the first one the first one was pretty much just tyler and i um and just me writing and tyler producing and then the second ep was a little half and half uh and working with some people in Nashville because we just moved and uh but Tyler's still producing everything and so the third EP is pretty much all just like working with co-writers and that are also really good producers all also really good musicians and then bringing it to Tyler and I can't tell you how freaking excited I am about this next batch of songs like it's so fun sounds so cool we've really worked hard on like all the sounds and the productions and everything and oh my gosh i'm stoked so i hope other people like it. i'm i'm very pumped because i just love all of the music that you have uh put out thus far and i think even like i really dig the first ep but it seems like even on the second one dove even deeper into like 
some of the production elements and it feels like there's even like a bigger ceiling for some of those songs that really pop off and uh tyler just gets better and better and better and he's so good at just like challenging himself to like learn and like try different stuff and like get weird i just think he's awesome he's so good yeah is it also just like one of those things that you've been working together long enough where you've created kind of your own language together and you know what each of you are trying to accomplish yeah and like on different projects and like make like we've done like country stuff together we've done hip-hop but like we've done like you know folk we've done all different kinds of things together and so it's like yeah we're very well versed in like how each other works and so i think that helps and are you always uh writing those initial ideas on the guitar still i know that you uh talked about like learning piano as a kid so yeah i'm gonna get a piano there's one that i want it's really expensive um and so i'm trying like trying to figure out if that's something i want to do um this year is going to be very expensive for me so i'm trying to was like all right it's something i can write off on my taxes but like uh can i do this so i'm really just trying to decide if i want to start writing on piano i want to start doing that next so it is all still coming from it's all still on guitar yeah cool um yeah, that Promises Promises song. Do you feel like that's the maybe like the darkest song that you've put out thus far? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I was really nervous about putting that one out. Um, but I don't know. I just like I was in a really dark place when I wrote that song. Like really, really dark. Um, but I'm happy with it. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You like it? Yeah, it's great. Okay, cool. It's very cool. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm not the authority, but I, I enjoyed it you quite a bit. You are the authority. No, I'm not, no, not at all. Anyone outside of me or Tyler is the authority. <laughs> like, really. Like, I don't care what we think about it. I care about what you think about it. So, like, if you like it, that's sick. I got one. That's all I need. <laughs> really. <laughs> Big wins today. Big wins. Big ah, win. I'm yeah. going to journal about it. No, I think that's the the thing about listening to those first two EPs that are out now I I think that there's you know you show some different sides of yourself throughout each tune and they all they all feel like they belong together but it seems like they uh, you know all showcase their own sort of dynamic and tap into something different awesome thank you some uh you've spent some time in quite a few different places throughout your life i was wondering what you've uh learned from from moving around a bit Mm, um well yeah i started in port well i started in gresham oregon and then i lived in portland 
And then I got on a like a TV show that was on NBC and I met a bunch of people from LA and they were like, oh my God, you have to move to LA. And I was like, cool, I'm 22, I'll go. <laughs> and so then I moved to LA and um, I lived in LA for eight years and then I had my gap year, which was New York. And I always thought I wanted to live in New York. And I think the most, the biggest thing that I've learned after moving to Nashville now is that I don't want to be in a big city ever again. I really don't. Like I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that person. Um, and I just think, I don't know, Nashville's so special. Smaller cities are so special. Like find, you just like when you find those gems, you know, like it's like when you're in Portland, like when you find like your spot mm -hmm. and Portland is so like, you know, it's like dive bar central. Like when you find your place, you know, with the lottery machine, like in the corner or whatever, like it's just like feeling comfortable is everything that's what makes you feel like you're at home and i just feel like i don't know not that that doesn't exist in la or new york but it's just i don't know it's like not really a dive nothing's really divey in la or new york it's still really expensive like yeah. to have an establishment <laughs> right. so it's just, you know so it's just a, there's something to me that's just less pressure and i can just kind of vibe and exist and not feel like I have to put on anything you know it's just I love it I don't want to live in a city ever again like a big one did you know quite a few people out in Nashville before you moved out that way yeah we had a few friends out here um I had a bunch of really close friends that were also like collaborators and then I have some friends in Atlanta too which is only like 30 no 30 three hours away um but also just like I wanted to be in a new quadrant of the US and really like explore different things. Yeah. Every person that I have talked to that is based out of Nashville that either has been born and raised in that area or is just currently based out of there have been amazing people. I've like had the pleasure of talking to quite a few over the course of doing this podcast, especially like the last couple of years. I've had a lot of Nashville people on and it's always like, yeah, just great people. It's literally, I've never felt community like I've felt here. Like it just, I, it does, I don't think it exists anywhere else. Like it just, I've, I've never like experienced so much support. Anytime I need help with something, there's always somebody available that knows, like there's so many gearheads here too, that like, it's so fun. I get to feel like no one's gatekeeping anything. Like, it's like, I can learn about anything. Like if I need somebody to like, I don't know, I just have like, I, texted a friend and I was just like, do you know how to anything about uh, Nashville tuning? And he was like, yeah, I'll go pick up strings for you and I'll come over and tune it for you. And I was just like, okay. Like, you know, it's just, that doesn't exist anywhere else. Like it really doesn't. It's just like, I don't know. I'm very appreciative of the friends I've made here. Well, that's cool. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're, you're finding a, a home there in Nashville. Oh yeah. That's awesome. I love it. And uh, yeah, I just, dig your tunes quite a bit i love like this i guess this particular era of music it feels like those 90s vibes are starting mm -hmm. to circle back and people are starting to lean into them and not forget about like the gems that were there and uh i i feel like i get all of that kind of like listening to your music or like a fan club wallet i've become a Oh my I God. I love fan club. Love wallet. that music. And I feel like that taps into a similar vibe of 
what you do as well and there's sydney sprague out of uh arizona is also killer and oh my gosh i love them there's just so much great music happening right now and i feel like it's kind of all circling back to this to this music that i grew up listening to because yeah the that was I was born in 85, so 90s were my time of like learning about music and Third Eye you Blind was like the, you know, Third Eye Blind and the Counting Crows and all of that music was uh, banging on the radio and it was solid music. Yeah, it really was. I feel like there was like, that was like a whole era of music before everything completely changed, like in a huge way. Absolutely. And I just love it so much. Um, happy Now is one of those songs that kind of gives me those vibes and I want to play I want to play the episode out with that one. Cool. Yeah, do you have anything that you would like the the people to know about before we uh wrap this thing up? I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people Thank can you. keep up with your music for sure. Um all I want to say is like if you haven't listened to us, please listen to us. If you haven't, I oh, wait. Yeah, if you haven't, but if you have Thank you so much and know that you've like made my life so much better and I appreciate you. Well, I feel like uh, my life is better for finding your music. Uh, You've been super heavy in my rotation ever since I found that long December cover. I've been listening to your music quite a bit. Yeah, it's so good. I'm very excited for that third EP to drop. I know you have that new single coming out. I guess that that new single will be out by the time this comes out. And we end every episode, Lauren, with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. So if we could get the girl house. Program? Yep, exactly. Not program, program. Nope, it's program. It's, uh, it's just a goofy way to end the show. It means absolutely nothing. It's just the way that my, my grandfather says when he talks oh. about the news program, he always says program. And I don't know if it's just like a certain generation that does that. There's a, there's a few other older folks that I know that say program. So it's just become this goofy thing to, to end and the warsh. show with. Yeah. Warsh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can give us a, you know, and it's a program, however you'd like to deliver it, we can uh, properly wrap this thing up. It's a program. She nailed it. Everybody. That's Lauren. Check out the Girl House music. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. You're the best. And we are going to play it out with that Happy Now track. Stay tuned for more tunes from Girl House. And that's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland, Nashville, wherever you are listening from.
Hey, just want to give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to Distro Kid for their support of this thing. And make sure you go into the episode notes and find that Distro Kid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with Distro Kid, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. And the link is also in uh, the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree. So you can find it there as well. Big thanks to DistroKid. Stay up, stay tuned.